Finally, evil has returned to the microphone. Welcome in to Minions and Musings. Welcome in to Minions and Musings. Evil Jeff back behind the mic once again. We are heading into the new content that I have promised and talked about. Talislanta. Yeah. Came across this last year. After somebody pointed out the ad somewhere, probably on MeWe, and Jason over at Nerds, Nerds RPG Variety Cast was uh, good enough to mention that this was all free. And as you know, that's right up my alley. Why should I pay for anything if I don't have to? You know, I mean, hey, oh, you got it free? Great. I'll look at it and I'll play it. That's how I like that. And then I got to seeing that there was a lot of this Talislanta. In fact, all five editions plus there's a D20 conversion. So it got me curious. First off, I remember seeing the ads back in the Dragon Magazine in the 80s. So I wanted to know what's up with it. They're big, strong point that they always wanted to make sure that you knew that was making them different than anybody else no elves so a fantasy setting that definitely is not traditional so my curiosity was really really peaked here so as we go through Talislanta I am going to go through the different editions starting off with first edition and this is not a deep dive I'm trying not to go too far into the weeds here, but let's give a general overview and impression of what I've come across. Also, you know, how is it laid out? Could you take what's out there right now? Could you start playing it easily? Because I think that's something that is probably one of the biggest complaints with some of the new games that we've seen come out there because of how they're laid out or how the sections organized it's not very playable it just seems like it's too chaotic of a mess so let's get some organization here so that's what the other part i was looking at here so we're going to get into talislanta and we're starting off in first edition and we're going to start off with a talislanta Handbook. Now, if you go to the Talislanta website, um, and I guess I'll have to put that in the show notes, you'll find it broken out into several different editions, uh, different areas, but there are also within editions two separate things that you can download. There's the original scans and then optimized scans. With the original scans, 
um, you're getting everything warts and all. With the optimized scans, it's trimming out a whole bunch of the excess noise, I guess, if you want to say it, within the PDF. You lose a bit of clarity on the words. In fact, I don't find it very readable. It makes it for a much smaller PDF. But, I mean, this is not the late 90s. I don't have to worry about space. Well, actually, I do have to worry about space right now because I don't have a big enough hard drive on my machine, but that's another story entirely. That's why they made you know external drives, my friends. External drives. So, when you go and grab it, I really suggest the original scans. Um, there's another set of scans, and I think this is what's come from DriveThruRPG. Because I noted in my grouping of PDFs, there was a third set that I wasn't sure where they were. And the way they were labeled, I went and looked. It looked like drive through RPG. So they're very similar to the original, but it does look like there's a little bit of a cleanup that was done. So you open up the PDF or the book. Uh, the book itself as you go through here nice interesting artwork on the cover and immediately inside of that you are greeted with a map of the Talislanta continent uh, is this the only place in the world never is said we don't it is hinted there are other areas west of this big continent but this thing is big enough that uh, you really shouldn't have to worry about going anywhere else. And the original map is a little tougher to read uh, on this scan. Some pretty heavy uh, dark lines because everything's black and white, black and white in here at the moment. Um, not as nice as you will find, though you will find other PDFs out there. Uh, especially for, say, I believe third edition is where I saw it. Much nicer color map and easier to see the different... Uh, what am I thinking of here? The different nations, the different countries, and all of the interesting little tidbits around, geographical features, etc. And it jumps into the introduction and the contents and the book is broken up rather nicely from just if you look at the contents page you've got five sections that give you an idea of how the game works and then there are five appendices so my sections are character creation attribute skills combat magic the appendices character type skills spells equipment and supplies and then the game master section Okay, so far so good. I wanted to stop and read the introduction. And where is the... Oh yeah, there it is right there. The Talislanta Handbook is a collection of rules and additional information for use with the Chronicles of Talislanta and other books in the Talislanta series. The handbook features a game system that is easy to learn and to play with little emphasis on the complexity... On the complex rules, which many FRP games use to simulate realism. All emphasis mine, by the way. 
The purpose of adopting this approach was to allow players and game masters to concentrate on role-playing rather than the mechanics of play. To this end, much of the material in this book was devoted to the development of the Talislanta milieu instead of generic character classes such as Thief, Magic User, Warrior, the Talislantan Handbook contains over 80 different character types, each described according to race, nationality, skills, special abilities, equipment, and backgrounds. Following the brief rule section and are appendices devoted to languages, currencies, trade goods, magical adjuncts, and many other subjects. So immediately I'm like, whoa, hey, look at this, 80 different things I could play. That's kind of nice. And you get everything that you need in the in the brief first part of it, the brief rules section. And then, you know, kind of expand on it. So, okay, I, I thought that was interesting. So we move on into it, and they give you an overview. It is three steps. Well, I shouldn't say three steps. It's three pieces to it. All actions, number one, all actions in the game fall under one of four categories. Combat, magic, skill, use, or attribute use. So, whatever I do in the game is either combat, it's magic, I'm using an attribute, or I'm using a skill. That's it. Okay, that sounds simple enough to me. All characters have ability ratings for combat, magic, skills, and attributes. Oh, okie dokie. So I at least now know how good or pathetic I am. Unintelligent creatures generally receive ratings for only combat and or magic, depending on those creatures, unintelligent ones. To determine the results of any attempted action in the game, players and game masters use the action table. Emphasis mine. Actually, no, it's actually in bold print. Ratings for the chosen actions are compared, yielding a single modifier, plus, minus, or zero. A 20-sided die is rolled, and the modifier applied to this figure. Game Master consults the appropriate column in the action table, which is three columns, combat, magic, or skill slash attribute, and you determine the result. So here we have, in a 1987 game, a unified mechanic. Rolling a d20, everything is on it. How many of the podcasters out there have been going, I want a unified mechanic? Now, there are several of us that are like, we like all the different things. And we do. But there are several people out there that's like, if I can just find one unified mechanic. Right here, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, denizens of the internet, here is one good example and I'm going to go ahead and read out this action table. It's broken up into five rows. Okay, My columns are going to be combat, magic, and skill attribute. The rows of this is interpreting the result of the die roll with the modifier added to it. Zero or less, one through five, six through ten, 11 through 20, and 21 plus. So, immediately, if I start looking at some math here, 
if we just take a straight up die roll, take a straight up die roll, you've got a, what is that? Uh, 25%, 25%, 50%. That's just a straight up 20 side die roll. And if, let's say we just go to combat here, you either miss 25% of the time, you'll hit for half damage 25% of the time, and then you'll hit for normal damage 50% of the time. Doesn't matter. There is no armor class that I have found at this point. You just have a damage reduction number from how much damage could be done. Okie dokie. Now, what happens if you go below 1, 0 or less, or above 20? Below 0, or 0 and below, this is where you get the combat mishap. Oh, it's a fumble. Or, if you go 21 and above, it is a critical hit for our loose interpretation there. It gives you damage, plus you can also do something else. You know, and that was interesting thing when you look at the action table here. Let's say you rolled and hit, uh, and your die roll was, the sum of it was above 20. Uh, you got additional, you got damage, plus you got additional advantage. Disarming the opponent, disabling them, knocking them down. According to the attacker's stated intent and we'll get into there in combat you have to tell the dungeon master or excuse me the game master what the heck you're trying to do so all of a sudden now i'm hearing narrative elements in here so you want a resolution that lays out pretty well you would do well to look at the talislanta action table and either take it and, you know, change things out for your own purposes or fiddle with the percentages a little bit. Change the percentages around a little bit. Maybe expand them. Who knows? But add in or subtract out whatever, something to the action table. And I believe you could get what you want out of this action table. It... I read it and I was like, you know, th this is simple. You, you can't argue with it. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue with it. I mean, there's some of the people out there argue with a brick wall if you give them a chance. There was a nice uh, note at the end of this, which I want to read here as well. The heart and soul of the Talisman game system is the interaction between players and the game master. It's game master's job to help simulate the game in those in the game, excuse me, in the game those things which make real life so unpredictable. A stroke of good fortune, a freak accident, the strange occurrences would defy all odds or lay waste to the most carefully made plans. And here is the paragraph with the real good information. The players must help the game master by offering specific information on what their characters plan to do before, emphasis in the text, before 
rolling on the action table. For example, the intent of an attack might be to disarm, stun, trip, disable, force back, or any of a dozen other stratagems. If the player informs the game master beforehand of the character's intentions, the game master will be better prepared to interpret the action table die result. It is also important for players to allow their game master to embellish action table results without interfering in the course of the game. The game master can earn the trust of their players by being fair and objective and by maintaining a degree of moderation in their renderings. Imaginative and inventive narration is fine as long as it's not overdone. If you listened to my last podcast where I was talking about fate and talking about narrative, the narrative games and everything, does this not sound like exactly what the guy that was my GM was looking for? Something like this? Instead of just the, I swing my sword. You know, what are you trying to do? Besides, you know, kill this thing, murder hobo it. What? And I think, I mean, I had what, what, what page is this? Page two? And that's a lot to think about. I think, you know, first two, I mean, page two is probably what many of us out there should stop, we should read, and really think about, especially if you're trying to make your own system. All of a sudden now, I'm popping into mind for Jason Connolly. You know, you want to do a more martial arts type thing? Could you not have the action table and let's modify it based upon different types of martial arts styles and maybe have a comparison chart if one's better than another one and you know or if certain styles uh, are stronger versus one weaker and uh, you might get really way into the weeds here but think about that could you not be simple about it and just keep it where it could be cinematic flowing. Hey, what is your intention? Boom. See, Jason, I don't think you were expecting me to go here. I was keeping this in my back pocket. <laughs> I was keeping this one in my back pocket. But this could be a nice way to modify it. And roll with it. It's your own system. You know. Hey, look, it's Kriegspiel for you. It's, it's FKR or, you know, it's your own Bronstein. I, I, I really suggest you take a second, look at it, and think if you can modify it. Wow, that's a lot of stuff right there. Let's pause and uh, flip to the next page. So I failed to mention as I go through this that the book, as you read through it, it is a two-column layout, and it just flows from one column to the next. So you go between different sections. You could have 
it would be in section one, section two on one side, and then all of a sudden section the next section kicks in partway through another column. So it, it flows together quickly. Um, that doesn't make it easy for you to find stuff, or it makes it a little tougher maybe to find some things here and there. But, I mean, it wasn't bad. I'll give it that. We have flipped over to page three. Okay, yeah, I, I promise you this is not a deep dive. Uh, but a couple of other things here. Uh, time in the game is measured in rounds. Uh, not really real time, but it's just giving you structure. And in a round, what is this? Uh, let's see. They say it's equivalent to a minute, but depending upon what's happening, uh, you know, in a round, let's see, sufficient time for two opposing groups to exchange attacks, a spell to be cast from memory or a device, or you can perform any action we can conceivably be undertaken appropriately one minute of real time. Okay, so we got some nice basis in there. It talks about leveling up. And everybody begins their game careers at the first level of ability, or level one. And then you gain experience points, which you move. Now, to go between the different levels. To advance the level of ability, you have to have 25 experience points. However, there is a note in the skills and also this point. If you have a skill, primary magic and primary combat. So here we're going to differentiate. If you are a magic using person or you're just a straight up fighter, you only need 25 points. But if you have both of those skills... You have to have 50 points. So now all of a sudden I just saw my original BX elves. You know, with their high XP requirements. Makes sense. Hmm. It talks about how you gain XP. You get anywhere between 1 to 10 per adventure. You get 1 to 3 for role-playing, depending on things, and then one point for each game week which the player's character devotes exclusively to improving skills related to his or her chosen profession. So, you take legitimate time in-game, and voila, you can gain some experience points, so... You can go up levels eventually. And it talks about how to improve your skills. And we haven't gotten into the skills just yet and everything. But basically, pluses is all you're getting. You know, how good are you? You know, you know those people out there. Let's just take programmers. There's some people that can do programming. There's other people out there that are really good at programming. And then you've got those crazy people that, you know, you don't want to disturb, but they look like they're jacked up all the time and they, they write some crazy code and they can code things very quickly. You know, you can see different pluses being used there, like plus one, plus two, plus 500, whatever. Interesting. 
there are different types of skills that you improve based upon uh, what type they are and they go at different, uh, they improve at different rates. So we'll get into that in the skills there. Uh, money in this land looks pretty similar to anything else, standard trope. Uh, gold is the basic of the game. Uh, one gold piece equals 10 silver pieces. That equals 100 copper pieces. And 20 coins to the pound. So there we are. And that is pretty much quickly all the way to the end of the first column of the third page. And now we are getting into the different sections of Talislanta. Character creation is the first section. It takes up two-thirds of a column in the book here, and it is six steps. First step, turn to Appendix 1 at the back of the book and review the list of character types. So immediately, you're going to a different section of the book and looking to see what's there. And then you choose the type of character you like to play. Review, number two, review list of skills in Appendix 2. Okay, already I have a problem here. I, I've got to go to these different areas to do things. But that I guess that really isn't as bad as one might think, because I guess I did that in 2nd edition AD&D. Okay, not so bad. I guess I do that in Champions. I do that in GURPS. You know, powers over here, skills over here, and everything. Okay. So, yeah, okay. I guess it's not as bad as I want to make it out. But immediately, I'm just like, wait a minute. You're just giving me the high-level overview here. Okay, so look at what type of character you want to play. Cool. Go look at the list of skills in Appendix 2 and find the background skills for your character. And then you start modifying your character a specific way. Uh, what are the attributes here? You can increase any of your attributes by up to three points or give yourself three pluses. And you can distribute that out however you want. So it could be three attributes plus one, a plus one and a plus two, or just a straight plus three. And you decrease one attribute of your choice by one point, if you wish. And then, if you do that, you choose an additional skill. And there you go. So, not a lot of samey-samey here. You know, you, you can tweak this, because there's plenty of skills out there. Make sure you get all your modifications... And then you'll have to go look at, in the rules, uh, under combat, under magic, skills and attributes. And that will help you determine your combat rating, magic rating, skill rating, and attribute rating. To put Note that on your character sheet. If you're a magic using character, go look at spells. Otherwise, you move on to step six. Give your character a name and then discuss with the Game Master. And then the two of you decide 
how this character begins their game career. The Game Master still has control as to whether or not that sort of character is going to exist. And why do I say that? When we get into the races, it'll make a lot more sense. Section 2 takes up a page and probably uh, half of a column. Uh, it's spread out over two, three pages. So we talk about attributes here. And Talislanta has eight attributes. Uh, and as it says in the book, that make the physical and mental makeup of characters. Alright. And we list them out. And I quickly grabbed onto this as different, as purposefully different. So, what did the game writer do? Well, here's the list. Your characteristics, your attributes are intelligence, will, perception, charisma, strength, dexterity, Constitution and speed. And all of a sudden, the first four are more about how your character thinks and interacts. And I, I honestly think that by reading it this way, you start going, or it may subconsciously think role playing over bashing something over the head. Role play over combat. Am I stretching here? I don't know. But what I will say is that even when we go through and look, look at the list of attributes, it stays in that order. So, you tell me. Are we promoting a role play first over, you know, murder hobo approach? All of your attributes have either a plus or a minus to them. Every creature that has a particular, or actually all creatures have attributes, the average would be zero. So if you're above average, you have pluses, below average, or minus. Okay. That to me kind of tells me how I stack up against other denizens of the world. I mean, I think we could do that ourselves. I mean, in D&D, granted, a 3 through 18, more granularity there. But realistically, when you look at the pluses and minuses, it's really no different. Rob C., you paying attention here, my friend? Just straight up pluses and minuses. We could work with this, right? Most of your attributes are going to modify uh, certain applicable skills. And right at the end of this little section here, uh, they snuck in something that is dealing uh, with Constitution. Okay, uh, Constitution, uh, things that are related to your Constitution rating... Hit points, which are in there. Uh, healing, how quickly do you heal? And 
I like this idea. Average individual creature heals at the rate of two hit points per day plus one additional point of healing per plus one constitution rating. Individuals with negative constitution ratings heal at the rate of only one hit point per day. So I can see creatures, denizens of this world, getting back on their feet a lot faster than maybe D&D. And then tucked in here is life and death in the game. Creatures reduced to zero or less hit points are rendered unconscious and considered on the verge of death. death. Game Master secretly rolls a d20, consults the skill attribute column, using the victim's constitution rating as a modifier. So all of a sudden we've gone right back up there and looking. So what does that tell us? Well, depending upon your... Well, let's just take an average creature. Average constitution. There's a 25% chance that you are dead. There's a 75% chance that you're just unconscious. And you need some medical attention. Hmm. Okay. Now, one of the things they also add in here, that while you do success, you suffer permanent damage. Now, what that looks like is going to based upon what the Game Master puts in there. So, okay. And by the way, if it is the uh, critical success, full recovery, no problem. Okay. So, I think we, we can see really quick that death is going, you know, death is... 25% chance. And if you survive, you're pretty much going to carry some scar from it. But there is a quick chance based upon you pluses of your constitution rating, which at that point I would say every plus is 5%. So all of a sudden now you can see that so if you got a plus three which is one of the higher ones there 15 percent chance of it not killing you at all and not maiming you all right oh wait a minute there's a note tucked in here life or death constitution rating die rolls are subject to a modifier of minus one for every five hit points below zero lost by the victim you get hit with something big and nasty that takes you down to negative 10, you got a minus 2 on your roll already. Minus 9, I'm going to read that as minus 1. Because it's every 5. So unless I have a good group of 5, there's no, way, no reason I'm going to roll. So really, really big nasty attacks definitely take you out. That's pretty cool. I like that. I'm going to stop there 
as we are already over 30 minutes of me babbling on. And I think I wanted to try to keep these as short as, well, not, not really, really short, but, you know, keep them within a 30 minute time frame. Uh, I think that's best because I don't think you can take an hour of me droning on. Well, thanks to all those people that did last that almost an hour of me talking to my uncle about books and everything. But, you know, that was special. So let's stop there. Next podcast, we will step into section three, looking at skills. We'll look at section four, combat. And then section five, magic. Now, these are still high level, but basically the basic rules in here. And we get deeper into the weeds later on. So we'll come back and get into these next sections. Thank you for joining me for this dive into Talislanta. And I think just this podcast alone has got a lot to think on. We'll catch you next time. Be safe, be good. Game, hey, I mean, face-to-face gaming's back out there. I got, I see people doing it. I think the numbers are heading the right direction. What are you waiting for? Get back out there. It's good for your mental health. Catch you later.